Welcome to the Thursday edition of the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. I am Kevin Cole, joined once again by our betting expert, Lee Sharp. We have a contest that that this smells like a good Thursday night football contest. Bengals, Browns. Um, But there is some intrigue here as we have the rookie, Joe Burrow who had a somewhat promising start, I would say, in a, in a tough loss. And then we have Baker Mayfield trying to, to salvage his career here. So we're going to look at this from a few different angles. One, uh, you know, the, the main betting angles on the, on the side and the total. Two, the props. And three, my specialty, which is looking at the showdown single game DFS contest. So l- let, me, let me kick it to you firstly. Um, what are you seeing on this game? Just just big picture, and is there anything that, that you like as far as the side and the total are concerned? Uh, yeah, taking a look at this game, uh, you know, I think I saw it open at my, minus eight and a half or so, like originally, originally back when, you know, the, the, the schedule was being announced kind of time, uh, kind of has been working its way down a little bit around seven and a half or so by, by game time of week one last week. And now we're seeing mostly sixes out there. Um, you know, uh, I, six isn't a great number, obviously, especially if you're looking uh, uh, toward the Bengals side, which I, I would be. I certainly don't want to lay points with the Browns. So, you know, to me, I'm, I'm you know, I'd ra- I don't love the six. So I think I'm probably rather if I'm taking this game, do uh, plus 215 on the money line. But, you know, this is this isn't one of the game, the week's better games. But, yeah, that's that's would be would be where I'd go if I'm looking to bet this game. Yeah. According to. PFF Green Line, our uh, detailed betting analysis system. It looks like our win probability here for the Bengals is, you know, it's a slightly better than what the break even would be on the money line here. It's 31.8% versus uh, 31.3%. So again, it, it's a pretty tight margin here. And like you mentioned, this has moved a bit. I'll, I'll pose a question here. I, I'm going to just kind of stick my finger, you lick my finger, stick it up into the wind here. I I feel a lot blowing, a lot blowing towards the Bengals direction here as far as sentiment. Um, I mean, even our own, our own PFF main account was sending out some just God awful numbers for Baker Mayfield from a clean pocket. And that's something he struggled with a lot last year. And again, in week one, and if you think about the competition that they faced, I mean, the Chargers got a pretty steep, uh, stiff defense, but that offense with Terod Taylor did not look great, kind of kept him in the ball game. maybe made Joe Burrow and that offense look a little better than, than they were for the fact that they were able to hang tight, even after taking a lot of stacks and making some mistakes. Is there any possibility this is a sentiment-driven move, or do you think that the Sharps were on the, were on the right side and that's what moved this line down? If we're feeling better about Joe Burrow, um, you know, it's it's as the the line moves, right? That that's clearly the direction it's going. I you know I think that they're they're probably feeling just a little bit better about him. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that makes sense. He's the he he's the rookie. He's the future. He's the franchise there. And when we uh, if we're gonna peel over now, take a look at some of the player props and our player props tool again, um, as is the kind of the macro view that the unders are looking a little bit better than the overs. Surprisingly, I would say one of the the top values we have here is Burrow under um, under on you know basically it's, it, the line is half half interception. So 
So you're, you're, you're betting here that he's going to not throw an interception versus throw one here. And that's we put this as a 16% value. In, any feelings uh, high level on that one? I mean, yeah, I think the, I, I like the model there, right? You know, I mean, you're not going to throw you know, often you don't throw any interceptions often you you know you throw fewer passes in a game than than you know your turnover worthy play percentage right so like yeah i think there's a very decent probability in the game that he just doesn't throw an interception and when you're getting plus 140 on it right then that that's just that's just really good value especially when you're you know relative to uh you know the type of line that you're going to get on the other side where you know it's on an overbeak so usually those lines have very little um you know much higher juice right than than a on a prop than something like a game so yeah i mean in our very low sample that we have so far of joe burrow as a professional nfl quarterback he threw an interception now if you watch the play it was dumb the the under the underhand toss there, but I don't know if it's if it's necessarily repeatable. And it seems like it was more of a fluky play, and that was his only turnover-worthy play. So he didn't have other near interceptions that did not count in, in the stat sheet, and that was facing a a pretty stout defense uh, from the Chargers that sacked him three times. So at least there is a there, there could be a little bit of, of hope there that, that that would be the case. Now, if we slide a little bit further down here, we have unders on some of these numbers. One of the more interesting ones is Kareem Hunt. We have slight value on him being under the 41 and a half yards. And then Nick Chubb, a little bit further down. Not quite as much value on there as a slight, slight under. But what I thought was interesting is the differential in what the, the prop numbers are on here, um, 70 and a half for Chubb, while only 41 and a half for Hunt. And if you look at what actually transpired in week one, um, Hunt ended up getting about 50% of the team carries, uh, whereas Chubb only got 38.5. Now, obviously, there's some game script baked into that, but what do you think about the fact that the market still sees um, Chubb as being the dominant guy despite getting fewer carries in week one? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, there's there's probably some level, uh, you know, they don't post the props generally on sites, uh, in a, you know, in advance like you would see for a line. So it's hard to know sort of what would this number have been, right, had had they, they been up prior to week one. Um, you know, my guess is that they've probably adjusted them a little bit based on how they were used in week one, but they still like chub a little more. Um, you know, I, I think that I, it makes sense to me that the different games they'll use different running backs in part just you know players get so much usage or maybe the different styles or different game scripts in the different games just warrant different backs uh you know i i think that it makes sense to to play the under in this i think likes a little bit more value on green line on the under for the hunt prop uh than it does and that's at minus 125 for that under yeah for for chubb it looks like it's minus 135 for for the over um, so kind of flipped around the other direction. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, if you want to look at how they were used um, differently, as far as targets were concerned, you know, Hunt had about a 15% target share in week one, Chubb only a 3% target share. So we can see clearly there is a, a it's not like there is not like a 50-50 workload split that you would assume going forward. There is um, a role differentiation there. So if you're if you're looking at the line, I know everyone is down and it's moving down on the Browns, but they still are the favorite, which would makes makes sense that it would it would favor Chubb here. 
Um, now, flipping over to what we're looking at for the for the showdown contest. So, you know, I did my normal analysis here, um, looked at the 100 most similar games, did all the different possible roster combinations. And I want to bounce a few guys off of here, um, off of you that I came up with um, as being potential values here that I think that I think are interesting. Um, first off, my projections show, you know, a decent number for Joe Mixon, but I'm, I'm suspecting him to be fairly highly owned. Um, and then the other number, the other player who they like, and this could just be, you know, like one of these fool me one situations. And now we're, we've been fooled about, uh, 17 times. And that is Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> to actually, to actually pay off in this game. And the reason being is, when we're talking about the share, you know, he had a 30% target share in week one. Landry was, uh, you know, somewhat hampered coming off of this, this offseason hip surgery. He's, you know, potentially going to be a short week. We'll see how he is this time. So the, the volume, you almost know the volume is going to be there. But can he ever actually cash in on it is one of the questions. Yeah, do you see, um, you know, as you've been looking at these different showdown contests or, or DFS generally, is, is ODB someone that you've seen get, you know, less respect from the DFS folks in terms of how much they want to own him or how what's that been looking like? You know, I think it's, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think it depends. I think it took a while for, he was very highly owned even midway through last season and then it started to wear off down the stretch. Um, I mean, if you look at coming into this year, he wasn't being drafted in season-long formats in the in the same range that you would have suspected him in the past, but he was still in that, um, you know, maybe wide receiver twelve sort of range, so fairly high. Um, and now, you know, he put up another dud in week one. So I, I'm, yeah, I don't know how much it's going to carry through to to this week, but I think he's a, he's a name who comes up as as someone who could have value. So I think there's some interest there. Another name that that's showing value and this is kind of the the flip side of the hunt chubb discussion is geo bernard with the um with the Bengals, and we really didn't know coming into the season what the workload split was going to be there and then in week one it was a dominant rushing share for um, for for Joe Mixon, he had seventy six percent of the of the team carries, only four for Gio Bernard. But Bernard had fifteen percent of the targets, um, to only three percent for Mixon in a fairly even game script. So if they fall behind again, it's one of those scenarios. I think if they fall behind, um, Gio Bernard could be more involved here, and I think that that's an interesting case that people may be ignoring him um, in this matchup. Yeah, and right, you know, like you know, kind of you were alluding to with the uh, the running back discussion, right? It's the the sides have flipped in a way, right? Like the you know the the where you know the, this is a much bigger dog at six points for uh, Cleveland or, or for Cincinnati, uh, you know, and there are only three and a half point dogs against uh, three uh, against the Chargers, right? And of course, the Browns were favorites against here against Cincinnati but then there were dogs to Baltimore so yeah it does change the game script a bit and how you expect the usage yeah yeah and if you look at the pricing here I mean Nick Chubb um, these are the flex prices here Nick Chubb is 7600 Kareem Hunt is 7400 so they're almost equivalent whereas on the other side Joe Mixon is 8600 and Gio Bernard is only 3000 so quite a quite a huge gap on on how those guys are being viewed and this is I think one of my a couple of my favorite favorite plays here at a at a bare minimum 200 
two hundred uh, on on the flex prices for these guys. We have Harrison Bryant and and Steven Carlson. Now the reason why I like those guys is David and Joku is out. Um, if you look at what the 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 Browns did in Week One, you know th- they used a lot of tight ends in this game. I mean, that was something we, that we suspected, but there were four different tight ends in the game who, who ran routes. Um, and, you know, Hooper was out there and he's the guy that everyone's going to be thinking about, but you're going to get bare minimum prices on, on Harrison Bryant, who ran, you know, 20 routes out of the, out of the 48 receiving plays. And that was with David and Joku running another 10 before he got injured. And then as a third option, uh, Steven Carlson, he, he ran four routes last week. He could be, you know, six, seven, eight. So if either one of those guys gets a touchdown, it's almost automatically you can pencil them in to an optimal lineup for the fact that you're spending the bare minimum $200 on them. So I think those are unique values that you can that you can look at for, for, for this type of matchup. Yeah, those seems like solid plays, right? You know, the, the, the sort of fringe person who who can maybe get a touchdown in there and, and boost your team up. That's, that's a smart strategy. All right. Any any other big picture things that you're thinking about for for this matchup uh, uh, that you, that people should know about? Um, you know, I think this is just a kind of an uh, you know sort of a, a a tale of two quarterbacks in a way, right? In the sense that you know Joe, Joe Burrow's on the rise and and Baker Mayfield people are uh, a bit more down on. Um, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Obviously. You know, I, the the Browns' defense is not going to be nearly as formidable as the Chargers were for Burrow last week. So uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, what he does. I think. Yeah, yeah, be really interesting if he can take advantage uh, throwing the ball. Since the Browns' defense was actually good stopping the rush last week, they were highest graded run defense. They shut down the the Ravens' running attack, which should be a lot more challenging to do than than the Bengals. So we'll see if that repeats again. Repeats again this week. Um, but that, that, that's it for us now. Um, everyone, you should go check out at pff.com. We have Green Line with all of our betting information, not only for this Thursday night matchup, but for the rest of the week, the player props tool. Uh, more props are, are popping up on there as we get closer to game time. And then my showdown analysis that everyone can use. And hopefully everyone will have a profitable Thursday night football. Thanks. Thanks.